What is up, people? And welcome back to the Highline Podcast. Happy New Year. We're back. The first pod of 2024. A year we've an awful lot planned for. So this is, we're starting off nice and tame. Obviously, it's FA Cup weekend coming up. We have a huge amount to talk about. Especially at the top. Especially at the top. Especially at the top. So... I've, we've been requested as well to really, really touch on these, and this is really important this week. And I want to ask about Liverpool. Three Liverpool clear, three are clear at the top. Three clear Villa. And there was a stages, a lot of stages last season, where I looked at that team, I looked at Jurgen Klopp, and I said, "That's that's far away." Yeah, and from, I, I from was the same. Anything happening? I thought teams such as Man United, such as. Newcastle even were yeah. closer to actually having something that could challenge for a league than Liverpool. Even after the summer window, I said I don't think they've. I, don't think they're I remember going on a on a. I think I don't know if you'll remember this. I remember being on a drive with you. I think it was the eve of the Premier League season starting. Yeah, and I said to you that Liverpool are going to be found out this year because they're too weak in midfield. I didn't back their midfield. Yeah. Um, reinforcements but man they've shut me up big time do you think do you think that this Liverpool because we, we will go into more in detail how good they've been and what's the kind of secrets that we think to their success this year but do you think it's down to Jurgen Klopp morphing these players that we deemed not good enough for title winning side or do you think it was down to actually they did just buy the right players I think there's a bit of both like, they definitely bought the right players. Like, that midfield revamp was tough. They lost players that were integral to what made them so good. Yeah. Henderson, Wijnaldum gone a couple of years ago, but he's still gone. Milner gone. Henderson gone. Fabinho gone. All these, Naby Keita gone. All these players that have been there for the last few years, and they replaced them with players that aren't exactly proven. Yeah. So McAllister, of course, was good. Everyone really knew good. he was good. But would he have been able for the step up? No one would have known. Yeah. Gravenberch was great at Ajax, went to Bayern, didn't really play. Yeah. Sabasly, everyone thought had potential, but 70 million is high price and for the, a the young evidence player. Wasn't, there, wasn't there was no there. evidence there. Endo, no one had even heard of him. Yeah. And, and Endo has really come into the game. Endo recently. had a shaky enough start, but Very he's much. been brilliant yeah. the last month. Yeah. And he's solved that number six problem and it's more so since McAllister got injured that he's come in and he's proper solidified a spot there Sabasly doesn't have the goals and assists to his name but he has all the endeavour the work rate the quality on the ball that stats don't show but if you do the eye test he's a player he's a proper player Gary Neville said in his podcast there this week Liverpool have three world class players Alisson Van Dijk and Salah yeah I disagree. I think he's left out their best technical player. Trent? Trent. Trent he has been... That's, that's the root of Liverpool's resurgence. Without is the a move, doubt. Is the move of Trent into the inverted fullback. Yeah. And we've had the debate of Trent yeah. in midfield and Trent as an inverted fullback. Mm-hmm. Trent as an inverted fullback has completely transformed that team yeah. and has been the basis of their resurgence in my in my opinion I don't think because if you look at when that changed they finally went and started picking up results again when that, even last year when that change happened towards the end of the season yeah 
So They had a push for top four last season. Trent is world class. Anyone who says otherwise, I don't think know what they're talking about. Trent, on technically... Is gifted. He is so gifted. Yeah. Just on pure ability, mm. technical ability, There's, I don't think there's anyone better in the league, technically. And I do agree... Alisson to me is the best goalkeeper he in the is world. In the world, absolutely. Uh, Van Dijk is looking. That's another one that has been huge to Liverpool. Is Van Dijk back to his best? Yeah, because he has been back to his best, mm. and he hasn't always had a consistent partner beside him, which is hard because they've had injuries and their Matip is injured now. The left back on his side, we all he's always had, hasn't been there. Yeah, Robertson. Robertson's been out for a while. Simicus has filled in well, and now even they've Joe Gomez playing there now because Simicus is injured. Don't rate him. He's, still do, he's doing a job at the minute. He's yeah. doing what he has to do. But ultimately, he's not of the standard. But he's doing, oh, and, doing okay And, for and, and the, the craziest thing about this, for me, right? Because we always, especially kind of early when we didn't have the data on how they were actually performing this season, we said, look at that. Look, Liverpool midfield, we don't know what we're going to get. Their back line's a bit iffy. But look at the firepower they have going forward. They've Salah, they've Darwin Nunes, they've Diogo Jota, they've Luis Diaz. They have all these players. And the strangest thing is now that we can actually take a step back and we have enough data to look at it over halfway through the season. Only one of those forwards is yeah. getting any goals. Consistently. There's only one. That Darwin has been... Hit and miss. Uh, he's, not, he's been 90% miss. Let's be clear. Yeah. I think he can be a nuisance, but he has, and the 10% was the Newcastle two goals. So he has been 90% miss. Jota can come in with a goal or two, definitely. Jota's reliable. He is reliable, but he, he, he you don't want to start him. Is, is no, the best he's way good, of he's good off the bench. He's good impact. You need a goal, throw yeah. him in there. He'll throw himself about in the box. He'll get a toe yeah. on something, a head on something. Diaz at times hasn't been good enough. Gakpo this season. hasn't been good enough. Gakpo hasn't been good enough. Salah even like he's not a good penalty taker he isn't he missed another penalty midweek yeah. but but he gets from a the wide goals, position man. he gets the goals that level of consistency over that length of time has been seen by very few players he's one of the best in Premier League history he's one of the best he and and, and you can't argue no you really really can't argue no. because the, 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 the evidence is there those numbers are so so hard to attain freakishly good now I ask you he does go to the Africa Cup of Nations in January that's huge Going back to my point that Salah is the only goal getter right now for yeah. Liverpool. Liverpool currently sit five, three points clear. Do you think that has a huge effect on Liverpool in the month of January? I think it does, absolutely. Do you think it, they'll falter? The proof's in the pudding. Yeah. He's their only consistent goal scorer. And goals is the hardest thing to get in the game. Their, their forward line aren't consistent enough. They aren't reliable enough. But that being said there's potential there and they might relish the responsibility. Who knows? It's one of those, I don't know how to call that one because Nunes could bang goals for fun. He could miss every chance he gets. Jota could score. I think Jota will score. Mm. But it's how you fit, how that front three actually takes shape with Salagon. Who's playing on the right wing? Who's taking his spot? I think it's more, I think it's more than likely Jota. I think it's more than likely yeah. Jota intertwined with Darwin. I think it'll be maybe st- you could start with Darwin on the right, Jota as a striker, obviously Luis Diaz on the left, and that like, the, like Gakpo would he start? I don't think Gakpo's. I think he has had a few odd good Gakpo's games. Gakpo's a right, strange hasn't he? one. He hasn't really lit the league alight, and he hasn't solidified a position at Liverpool anywhere. He's like, been a midfield. He's, he's been, been left wing. Exactly. He's been centre forward. He's, he's been, been a stopgap. Yeah, he's consistently been a stopgap that Jurgen Klopp has put in for a game for a tactical reason. Yeah. And then took him straight out. Yeah. 
The midfield will have to step up with goals as well. The whole team is going to have to step up Trent with goals now that Salah's as well. gone. Yeah, but He's especially been... now that Salah's gone, they all need to step up yeah. because and that'll be a, a, January is such an important period. They have two Premier League games in January, Liverpool. One is away to Bournemouth. Tough, no joke. Tough. No joke. That's middle of January. So they'll have to go there and get goals because Bournemouth are no rollover. And the other one is at Anfield at home to Chelsea. That could go anywhere at all. That game. Yeah. Chelsea are such a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get out of them. Yeah. They've turned up in the big games other than the United game. Mm. But Liverpool... Yeah, you're right to have... Like, Liverpool just have to step up. Their forwards have to step up because they don't have Salah to hide behind now. But it's just such a testament to that squad building that they have that potential up front. Like they lost Firmino, they lost Man. Yeah. Stuck with Salah, rightly so. Now they have spent. Oh, they've spent. They have spent. They've, but they've spent, you have to admit, they've spent well. I don't fully agree with you. The I don't feel that they've done yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. I that agree. was such a tough I agree over. that they've done very well in Jota the midfield. Jota was a good signing. Diaz Jota was a good was signing. A good signing. Diaz was a good signing. Nunes, yeah. Nunes is, uh, I am, Nunes and Gakpo for me, they, that looks right now as a waste of money. But Gakpo was only 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, I like Gakpo. If you Nunes look at some of the prices me. that went out around there. Yeah, Nunes kills me. That that was silly. Yeah, um, 100 million was very, very big. Yeah, it was big. I like the midfield signings. He's still very young and very raw. I, I wouldn't rule him out just yet. I'm not ruling him out. I'm judging. I'm judging him of what, on what seen. I've seen, and that's fair. And that's all I'm doing. I'm not. But I, lo- I love looking at a player and seeing potential and thinking they can tap into it and get there someday. Mm. Like I look at Nunes and I go, as a centre forward, he has absolutely everything. But the finishing, the composure, nearly. Yeah, he's shown he can finish, but it's more so composure. He, I has you know I, actually, I, I seen I seen Jermaine Defoe in a podcast the other day, right. And he said that there's forwards that shoot and there's forwards that finish. And that's how you tell apart a world-class striker from just a striker. Strikers that snatch, just shoot. Yeah. And then there's strikers that actually finish. Yeah. It's a great and, way of saying it. Yeah. And if Nunes, at the minute to me, looks like someone that shoots. Yeah. He needs to learn to finish, though. Yeah. Like, if you look at the Harry Canes, the Sergio yeah. Agueros... Yeah. Those kind of strikers, they're Rooney's. finishers. They're not shooters, they're no, finishers. Completely. It's a corner every time. Top, bottom, doesn't matter. It's in a corner. And it's a different it's it's a different style of shot. Yeah. It's it's not always laces. Yeah. And for me with Darwin Nunes, no matter where he is, whether he's a yard out, I've seen it, a yeah. yard out from the goal, or he's twenty yards out, it's laces. It's never a finesse outside of the boot. It's never anything like that. It's laces. And I think I don't know how easy it is to get that out of someone at that age. I really don't. I know he's not, he's still reasonably young. That's the task. for That's the, that's the task. But if there's any manager that can, it is Klopp. Yeah, absolutely. He's been so good. He's like, considering where he was, never mind where they were last year, where they was when he took over. He's done such a good job. Phenomenal. Like phenomenal. But it goes back to Liverpool were in a, such a position of going through managers at the time Jurgen Klopp came in that he didn't get off to a flyer. No, but they all. stuck with him. But they stuck with him. I go go to Arteta as well. Like he had, was it two eighth places? Yeah. A fifth. And then he's challenging. 
Yeah, there was no real evidence for them to stick with him. There was not a huge amount of evidence for them to stick with him, only that he didn't have his complete squad yet. Yeah. And you go to then a Man United, which we have to discuss. End of 2023, it's been... Dismal year. It's been a dismal year at Old Trafford. And I think we should take the time now, to, especially with the dawn of a kind of a new reign at Old Trafford coming in in 2024 for the foreseeable. We have to look back on 2023 and especially the start of this season for Man United. Finishing the year quite characteristically. Yeah. At Forest. It sums up. Like that game against Villa the was last, so, exactly what I was so spirited. The last week sums up Manchester United. Yeah. The, you've seen really down at home to Villa, 2 0 down, very, very spirited, some good counter attacks, some they played decent well. football. They played well. Hoyland, they're a big striker getting his first goal. Yeah. Turning point. Turn how point. many turning points has there been? A, cu- this a mere season. couple of days later, Hoyland's sick, ill. Yeah. Show up lifeless to Forrest. I mean, lifeless. It was, it was so uninspiring. It was horrific. They never looked like, never mind scoring, they never looked like putting together a chance of any no. substance. No. Bar Rashford's finish. And that was by no means an easy finish. It was a good finish. Like, what, sum up sum up their 2023. Remember the, the first trophy in fi- first trophy in five years. There's no other word to describe Man United to subscribe Top three to describe Manchester United at the minute other than inconsistent. It's oh, you just never know what you're getting from them, ever. There's a time comes where the manager has to be looked at. Yeah, harder. No, and we have we have given him his fair share of. We've given him a bit of sympathy, but we've also I think we've given criticized. Him more, but I, think I was watched that game, and it was the first time where I looked at Eric Ten Hag, and I went, "Oh, you're making some wrong decisions, buddy." Those subs, Jamie. Talk to me about those substitutes. The way I seen it was, Eric Ten Hag sat in the dugout for that first half. One of one of the worst first halves I've ever seen Manchester United play. No shots. Nothing. No shots. No anything. And he looked at that forty-five minutes, and he went. This team needs Scott McTominay. It can't happen. They had no control in midfield. Zero. They couldn't keep hold of the ball. They couldn't create chances. They couldn't defend. So they decided to bring on the worst ball playing midfielder in the league. Doesn't create chances. Who can't tackle and can't keep the ball. For the only midfielder in that team that can keep the ball, pick a pass, and dictate play. Copy me It does make sense. But where I come, I know you're talking about possession. United aren't even there yet to talk about that. United aren't even there when I see. But what I want to go back to is, I've watched a lot of Man United this season and so many of their goals have been conceded from cutbacks. a cutback where the midfielder, whose job it is to sit, right? This is this will yeah. tell you what I think of this. I, I'm really, really, really judging this manager right now. Yeah. Whose midfield job it is to sit in front of that defence and protect against cutbacks because our defenders, or Man United's defenders, play a role of following the strikers. Yeah. So th- constantly those two centre halves are pushed into their own box. Constantly. Which leaves that gap, which Casemiro last season successfully defended. And who's filling in for him this season? McTominay. 
I seen and a video. I seen a video on Twitter of every single cutback goal United have conceded this season. It's all. It's him. if it's not McTominay, it's Ericsson. But anyways, going to the Forest game, both goals. Yeah, both. They're goals both McTominay. Is McTominay entirely? Both of them are McTominay, and they did not have not, that problem in the first they half. They didn't f- not follow. And and you know what? Like I'm no, I don't have coaching badges. No, I've not been a manager. You don't have coaching badges. You're not being a manager. Both of us sat. This is this is the truth. Both of us sat before United conceded any goal when McTominay came on, and he said, "This leaves us United wide open yeah. for a cutback goal." Yeah. Both of them were the cutback goals, and even Ten Hag, he, he just it it seems I'm going to explain. It yeah. seems so reactionary because what did he do then after that to say clearly, clearly arseways. He goes and puts McTominay in the 10 and has a, a, a defensive two of Bruno Fernandes and I'm pretty sure it was Christian Eriksen for a while. What other team in the league will move their number six to number 10 in the same game? And that number six has just been brought on at half time. Reactionary at half time to bring him on for no reason. Reactionary... 20 minutes later because he's at fault for two goals to push him further up the pitch away from the job he was brought on to do and putting the best attacking chance creator in Europe of the past four seasons in at number six. What, what other club, manager, team is, is as reactionary as that? He is looking very, very clueless. He's looking, do you, know, do you know what he's looking Ten Hag is looking very, very, very desperate. Yeah. He is. He has fucked his philosophy. philosophy there is no out philosophy. The no, he's fucked it. He came with one. I believe that. He has truly dished it out. He tried to follow through, half follow through, because he didn't really, he wanted Dion, couldn't get him, so he kind of settled for Casemiro, not part of the philosophy. He, he settled with the Gea last year, got him the golden glove, then he kind of half went for his philosophy again in getting Onana, a ball-playing goalkeeper, but not sorting out ball-playing centre-backs. Yeah. So he's half arse and everything. Absolutely half arse and everything, and now he's getting desperate and reactionary. That game was a shambles. It was a shambles. That game was a shambles. You've got to look at his signings as well. Yeah, that's where I... Anthony, and they're his signings. Anthony. Talk to me about Anthony. I have said enough about Anthony. I, he, right? I was... Because I was, I was in a conversation with my friend. Only maybe yesterday. Actually, it was yesterday. Yesterday evening I was in a conversation with my friend. And he was asking me, how was Anthony? I said... Just dreadful. And he just said, out of curiosity, like, because he knows the price tag, everyone does, and, and, and he starts a lot of games. Anthony is Man United's number one right winger. He said, just out of curiosity, what's his, how is he getting on this season? Like, what's his numbers? Like, I know he's not playing very well, but has he nicked, I said, how many goals has he got? I, I, he's none. He's no goals this season. And, and he says, Jesus Christ. I said, he says, has he an assist? I said, no. No assist. That's that's in twenty twenty three, the end of the twenty twenty three. And he said, What what we played in this is sixteen appearances now over nineteen at the time. So that's that's playing most games. Last season then he said, well, like you know, because he remembers his debut at Arsenal, the passionate celebration, 
what, what, how, what did he finish the season with? He was your right winger for the whole of last year. Four goals. The Four last, goals to assist. The last forward player for Manchester United to score a goal at Old Trafford. Do I know who it goes? is. I do. Jaden Sancho. It's Jaden Sancho. In May. Not this season. No, not this season. So are you telling me, are you saying no United forward has scored at Old Trafford? this season except since now Hoyland has yeah, and the Garnacci. last game but and before Garnacci the Villa was, game before the Villa game Sancho was the last forward to score at Old Trafford for United they're in they're in the doldrums and I hope Jim Ratcliffe has an apps Jim Ratcliffe needs to have a wand a wand now I think from the reports I'm reading mm. he's going about it the right way He's clearing out that sporting department, if you can even call it That's a sporting department. I wouldn't call it a department. And bringing in football people. They can bring in these football people with the all the experience, all the evidence to back themselves up that they're good for the job. Yeah. How much power does he have? How much control does he have? He's only bought 25% of the club. He has full control over the sporting department though. Yeah, but that's on paper. Like, the Glazers still own so much. The Glazers are surely still able to go, no, like the Glazers are the source of money. The Glazers can can control all monetary. They still have to go through the Glazers first. The Glazers they probably have to, have to sign go, up. They don't have to go through the Glazers to hire people in the sporting department. They have to go through the Glazers to get funding for money. So, so I'll, give you an, I'll give you an example, okay? So say the Glazers hand... Manchester United next summer. The Glazers say there's a 100 million. Okay, I'm going to give you two examples. And there's a player United want to buy for 80 million. You, you've heard constantly of, of a transfer being close and they haven't to get approval from the Glazers. If that transfer is 80 million, that approval does not need to happen anymore. It's when they want However, extra funds. However, if the player funds. was 120 million, you're back to square one. The approval has to happen for the further 20 million for the player to be signed. So that's what it means. So the, the, the Glazers still fully control financials of Manchester United yeah. because of the, 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 the deciding vote. That's where I think it's going to get messy for them. Yeah, it is. It is. They can have all the ideas in the world and all these people involved, but at the end of the day, the final decision doesn't fall with the person who's in charge of the sporting department. And a, a major issue Man United have going forward is the remnants of the poor... F- transfer decisions yeah. that they've made trying because to move them players on tr- for loads of reasons trying to move them players on the wages they're on the money they've paid financial fair play they're tied so so hard by financial play- they fair have play to, like players have to run down contracts for them to get rid of them look at Martial for example they have to wait for Martial's contract to go because he's on 250k a week and no one wants to sign them and no one wants to sign them and how, how you, you, people could if they're wondering could ask United, the richest club in, in England, how, how can they be strapped with financial fair play? It's not just on revenue. It's also on the the amount you sell players for. Yeah. And if you go, 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 if you really have time on your hands, go through the prices United have sold players for in the past decade. Go through the names. Go through the prices. United buy, like I'll give an example. United buy Anthony for 90 million. How much do you think United would get for him in a year or two? At this current rate, United have bought Sancho for seventy-three million on three hundred seventy-five thousand pound a week. So no one's going to pay his wages. Sancho was exiled 
from Being United. Linked to move back to Dortmund today, actually. A loan move. Yeah. Why a loan move? Because Dortmund won't pay his wages, and Dortmund won't pay next. They wouldn't pay half of the transfer fee. This is why United cannot get rid of players. That's why Martial went on loan instead of selling them. Sancho will go on loan instead of selling them. It is, they're tied. They're so tied. Yeah. Because they're buying players. And it's all self-inflicted. They're making them worse. They're making them absolutely worse. There's two players of any value at Manchester United right now. It's Bruno Fernandes and it's Marcus Rashford. Yeah. They're the two. Which, which also begs the question of should they cash in? This is a them? question because Bruno is the only player of recent memory who came to United and got better in the past decade since yeah. Ferguson. There's no others. No. That we've bought. Who was a, he was a good player at Lisbon. Yeah. He came to United and became a great player. He did. So that, that, that's the only one. Yeah. That's it. There's that's no it. other names on the list. So I, I, I don't know. They're not going to get money for the likes of Lindelof, Ferran, Casemiro, all these top players. Unless Saudi come in. I mean, unless Saudi, but you're backing on Saudi to save your day yeah. as a club. You're not doing good. You're really not. And like, I know this is cons- very conspiracy theory-like, but like Saudi going to come in and pay huge for a Man United player when they're heavily linked with Man City. I just, it's all intertwined in, in Middle East, especially in Saudi Arabia. I don't see it happening. I really, really don't. I, I, they've got themselves into a huge issue there. And, and like United currently sitting seventh in the league. I'm just going to, I know I'm ranting, but I'm going to continue to rant. This is the nomen of United fans in the past, since Ferguson has left in the past, of the past decade. After 20 games played under David Moyes, United were in seventh, had 34 points, scored 33 goals. And conceded 24. And I remember, right? I remember thinking back, even now under David Moyes, I remember thinking, that was probably the worst I ever saw Man United. I never remember being as bad as David yeah. Moyes. Thank God it'll never get as bad as David Moyes again. That was like, it was, but it was because I was used to winning leagues at that stage. Watching Man United at the top. This season. Played 20 as well. Same position as seventh. 31 points, three less. 22 goals, 11 less. And 27 conceded, three more. United have the second lowest goals in the league. Luton Town have more goals scored in the Premier League this season than Manchester United. That, that, it's the numbing United fans have gotten from the mediocrity over the past decade that we, United fans do not realise there's no radar going off in their head at how bad this season is. No, because it's just the regular. This is absolutely horrific. It's, it's horrific. It's quite funny and it's quite incredible that a manager who has seen his club as big as United come fourth in the Champions League group in a manageable Champions League group. Manageable. Out of the Carabao Cup, seventh place, Second lowest amount of goals scored in the league. A lot of goals conceded. All transfer decisions wrong. Team all, selection wrong. All, all transfer decisions wrong. Team selection wrong. Players not performing. Heavy losses. No pressure. Under no pressure. He seems under no pressure. There's no talk about him losing his job. How, how is a manager led away with that? All of that. And no pressure. What I not even like a whisper. No. Oh, Ten Hag loses there's, to there's Spurs. N- there's not even a gone. shitty leak. 
No. From a shitty source. No. Coming out saying Ten Hag is done here. Now, I ultimately, and I have said this, you know I think he will lose his job. I don't think he will. That sporting, once all of that is ratified, that deal is ratified and they're in place, they're going to want their man. Hmm. I don't think Ten Hag has given them enough evidence to say he's the man. I'm beginning to, I'm beginning to agree. There's no... Nuno Espirito Santo. I watched Nottingham Forest and I went, I can see what Nuno has done here. He has Chris Wood up top, mm, target man. Yeah. He has Gibbs wide in behind yeah. to feed everyone. Yeah. He has Alanga and Hudson Adoy, pure pace to run in behind and feed Chris Wood. He has Sangare and Mangala sitting and he has Montiel and Toffolo at fullback to be solid and the centre halves to be solid. It's, 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 it's no that's magic three games. That's yeah. three games and I'm seeing this. Yeah. I look at United. McTominay is starting in the six some weeks. He's starting in the ten other weeks. Bruno is playing in the ten most weeks but then sometimes he can be moved into an eight just to make things easy. And the wing. Garnacho's on the right wing some weeks. He's on the left wing other weeks. Rashford starts. He doesn't start. Striker Hoyland, left Hoyland's right. always up front but he has scored one goal for 72 million. He has scored one goal in the league. Yeah. The back line changes beyond belief. And the goalkeeper, who has a 15-minute mistake highlight reel from half a season, starts every game. And they're, this goalkeeper that has shown nothing in a United shirt to suggest he can do it, they are pleading with Cameroon please, can we keep him until the day before Cameroon's Africa Cup of Nations campaign starts? Is Beyinder that bad? Another sign of the summer. Another sign. But is Beyinder that bad that the worst goalkeeper in the league currently on form? Yeah. They, they are desperate to keep him. And if Beyinder is that bad, remember he's a sign and he's not this, he's not Heaton who was brought, he's a sign why sign him? If if you didn't sign Beyinder, why let Dean Henderson go? We're going to go back to there. But you're you're, you're looking at right. You you sign our Andre Onana, who's an, an African player. You know every African player signed in the Premier League. You know they're gone in January. That's it. They shouldn't complain. So you need a good backup goal. So so in my head, when I when I see United have signed Beyinder, I say okay, they're thinking ahead. They know. I I hope he's good enough <laughs> because why sign him? if they don't know they're going to use him and you're right here saying they're begging for Onana who is statistically the worst goalkeeper in the Barclays Premier League to stay. You don't how even need to look at stats. But how, how would Beinder feel? Uh, yeah. When Onana does go because Beinder's going to have to play some games. He's going to have to play some games. So, so when Beinder does inevitably come in they know he has to come in. Don't make him feel like you're our last resort here. Are, are we do not want to use you like even though we signed you on a five-year contract. You have the number one on your back too. You have the number one on your back as well. It's a shit shambles. show. Shambles. At that football club. It's an absolute shambles at that football club. I, I don't know what to say. They need a wand, as you say. Like, I just just really briefly, finishing this off. They sit in seventh, Manchester United. There are nine points off Arsenal in fourth place which we're going to touch on straight away. Do you think they have a chance at top four? No. With As Ten Hag has said in his latest press conference, they have an awful lot of players coming back they in do. January. They do. Casemiro, Mount. Well, I watched Casemiro in the first three months of the season and those legs looked done. 
Yeah, he's four years. Martinez four looked poor. Years left of his Martinez looked poor. Yeah. He's coming off the back of a surgery. You can never guarantee he's going to hit the heights. I do he love hit. Martinez. I love him as well. He's everything you want in the center half. But players come back from surgeries like that, and they're never the same. So you can't. There's no gimme that Martinez comes back and they're amazing again. There is. There's no, no, gimme. no gimme that Casemiro comes back and they're amazing again. And again, you're back to saying, "Oh, when Luke Shaw comes back, Jesus Christ, Luke Shaw has been coming back for four months of the season." Already, so yeah. I need to. I need to go on. Yeah, uh, we need I'm to move. Just, we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about United multiple times again by the end of the season. That's, but that's the nature of it. But I've said it. I've said it now. I said it a few episodes ago. Hmm. I think they're irrelevant at the minute. I the, don't. They never will be irrelevant. I know, but I think it's in terms of their, any their name. Their merit. name is saving them right now. Yeah. If it was any other team in the league, you'd say, "Wow, they're bad," and you'd move on. I know it's United, yeah, it's United they're lucky thing. they're lucky that the league is so competitive that anyone can take points off anyone yeah I know otherwise they would be bottom half easily yeah. they're, they're playing like a bottom half team Arsenal two losses on the bounce another they were I watched the West Ham game about both those I games. watched the West Ham game where they lost and I thought they were just nothing was going in for them they were trying everything okay so they were quite good they were okay, but they needed to finish their chances. Jesus, again, not clinical enough. But I watched them against Fulham. And they were dreadful. Serious. Oh, dreadful. Nothing. Just nothing. No invention. No creativity. We talk an awful lot, right? This is only a theory I want to put to you. I want to hear what you think of it. And it comes from a video I watched. We talk an awful lot. We do love Arsenal's midfield. Now it's been operating of late. We do this season. Especially the addition of Rice. We, we really enjoy that. Yeah. We've kind of mewed over the front three. They're not performing we've at looked, the minute. We've looked at Saka. Great numbers. Like looking pretty good. So so that's glossed over. We kind of know Jesus can't finish, but he can do step overs very nicely. And that's he's good at linking play. Mm-hmm. So we accept that. Yeah. Martinelli is a bit of a nuisance, runs a lot, a lot of effort. I'm going to give you my honest depiction of those. I saw a Saka video. I don't know, did you see it? And it was all of his goals and assists this season. It's an incredible watch. It's an absolutely incredible watch. 80% of them are luck. And I mean fluke. These things are fluke. Bobbling off his knee to someone who bought bottom, buries a bottom corner. Scuffy this. I couldn't believe it. And then I moved into Jesus, and obviously we know he can't finish that gloss over. Martinelli having a very, very poor, low-impact season. Yeah. And I wonder, that front three, I don't know, is that enough? At the minute, it was almost a revelation for me. It was almost a revelation for me. I couldn't believe how I looked at with Saka. Last year, they were hitting the highest of heights. They were performing. Their output was brilliant. But this season, they haven't reached the same level. No. And that's costing Arsenal. At the recently. Very, very at the recently, minute. it's yeah. costing them. And it could continue to cost Saka them. Saka, in the last month, has been poor. Mm. I, especially against Fulham. I was watching him, waiting for him to create something. Because at the end of the day, Saka is the... He's the leading light He's the go-to there. man. He's yeah. the guy that they rely on to make something happen. 
he just wasn't doing it. And towards the end of the game, there was two crosses he put in, one one straight into the goalie's hands and one didn't beat the first man. And I was thinking, like, Saka, your team's in a tight race. You can't... That's cheap. That's cheap. That's not what world-class players do when their team needs it. Now, Odegaard, in fairness, I've watched Odegaard, he's stepping up. He's doing everything he can possibly can to get that team on, to create something. The forwards just aren't doing it. Jesus, we know Jesus hasn't, isn't a reliable finisher. Martinelli, in terms of output this year, nowhere near good enough. But then you have to look at these three players. Who is chopping at their heels to get in ahead of them when they're not performing? Who are the players? Trossard. Decent. Decent. That's it. Reese Nelson comes no, on. Don't care about him. Smith Rowe. Don't care about him. Enketia. Don't really care about him. And who's, there's no one for the right there's wing. no one. So I think that's got to do with it as well. I don't think there's anyone proper nipping at their heels to put a bit of pressure on them. That if they don't perform, yeah. there's someone there waiting and will perform when yeah. they come in. So I think January is massive for them in that regard. I think they need to sign a centre forward. Big there, time. There's, there's two, just, just touching on your point, there's two things we're doing in the next podcast, which is the end of the week, which I, I can't wait for. We're doing our halfway team of the season, the, the thing we did in our quarter point. So that's, yep. that's coming up on Friday. Um, with all the usual questions, that's going to be topped up. All our updated predicted top fours, relegations, etc. But what we're also doing is, because we're into a transfer window now, we're two days in, is we're picking a player we think each team in the Premier League should sign. Going through all 20, saying who would improve these immediately? Not down the line. Who could these get that will immediately improve them? So you're looking at Arsenal, I think a striker jumps out straight away. A certain Ivan Tony to me yeah. jumps out straight away. Same as another player who's back very soon. Ivan Tony isn't he's 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 ready to go. Yeah, mid January I believe. So so that's going to be very exciting to watch him back in football. Judging on with Kane leaving his best striker in the Premier League behind Haaland. Yeah. So very very exciting. Ollie to see Watkins might have something to say to you about that. Absolutely, but very exciting to see can Ivan Tony come back as good as he was. But I agree, Arsenal they can't lose again. No, they can't lose again. Spurs are one point behind them. They are one point off and being outside the top City, four. City are crawling. City are crawling. City back. are no. City City had a great bounce back against Sheffield. They played very well. You you thought Phil Foden was magical. The what has changed? They made a little tweak. Yeah. This is uh, what he does. And I said, I said to you, I said, I think it was a couple of months ago. I said it is such a shame Phil Foden does not play more centrally. You did because he's in. I think amazing. Yeah. And in the last couple of games, he's moved Bernardo more out to the right. And played Foden more centrally. And that to me has changed yeah. their attacking picture. Yeah. He is so, so good. Like incredibly, mind-blowingly good. I I love when a player comes in and takes a ball on the half turn. Yeah, I know. He does it so effortlessly. <laughs> I've seen a stat today. He has and this is a bit of a it's a bit of a dig at Bruno Fernandes because a lot of players say, or a lot of players, a lot of people say, to create that many chances, you have to, you're going to lose balls. You're going to, you have to take that. Phil Foden has created more chances than he has misplaced passes. I'm going to counter that and say, yeah, he still hasn't created as many chances as Bruno. Two assists in the last game since he's moved centrally. Yeah. Like we'll see what happens now we'll that he's sent we'll, consistent we'll, run at playing we'll, centrally yeah, and we'll see. Absolutely, we'll see when he has more chances created than Bruno. 
but you're right. It's which you'd rather. Yeah. It's which you'd rather. Phil Foden's incredible. He is incredible. And another number 10 that really stuck out, Morgan Gibbs, who I, so I, I thought he was incredible. And what's going to happen when a certain De Bruyne comes back, though? And he's back. I think what will happen is the likes of Kovacic won't be playing. Because there's been you Kovacic think, and Mateus Nunes. I think Pep will just go all out. You think he's just going to go Rodri Ford yeah. and De Bruyne? Yeah. I think he could move De Bruyne right wing. Do you think? I do, I do. I think he could continue with I don't that. think he'll move De Bruyne away from centrally. I think that would be a mistake. Well, even even when De Bruyne was playing centrally, he was always hovering that right wing. Always. Yeah. He was always. That, that, when I think but would you take Br- Bernardo Silva out of the team? No. Who are you taking out of the team? Foden? No. I'm putting Bernardo midfield with Foden and Rodri and have De Bruyne on on the, the right. right. But then you can just alternate Bernardo and De Bruyne. So De Bernardo could go to the right, De Bruyne could come more infield. Yeah. That's probably what I think he'll do. Mm. And obviously have Haaland up top when he's back. But that's what I see. I think there are, as always, I think, I think, think there are problems I can have for the season again. I Oh, I think, yeah. I think both of us are kind of coming to the realisation. Now, when, when I saw... With their game in hand, if they win their game in hand, which is, I believe, Luton. I believe City's not hundred percent sure. I believe City's game in hand is is something like. Oh, a it's Brentford. It's Bre- it's Brentford, is it? Yeah, it's Brentford. Not in good form. Brentford just got bet three one to Palace. I think City get that three points to Brentford. They're two off Liverpool. What game was that City played? Was it Luton? I'm trying to think. Two games ago, it was Luton. I was watching was, Jack Greenish. It was, yeah. He really, really impressed me that game. Greenish. Jack Greenish. They're, look, City have... The, the Greenish and Foden playing at their best is a joy. Cool. Is a joy. They, they've, they've, they've a crazy amount of good of good players. I think City are dangerous. They're prowling, they're purring, they're getting back to it. They're getting in the groove again. Yeah. They've, that Club World Cup was almost like a, hol- was almost like a holiday. I was, talking to, I was talking to my dad and he was like, that Club World Cup was like a holiday for City. They went out to Dubai... Sunned themselves They played two games A semi-final and a final They cruised in both I think they rested players For the semi-final yeah. And then played the final And won like 4-1 or something yeah. Ran away with it It was almost like a break for them Yeah And they've come back Completely re-energised Rejuvenated Yeah And they, they look really good Again Look this podcast We shouldn't really be surprised Should we? No We really are um, We shouldn't be um, look, this podcast was a clearly dissecting the top of the Premier League. Yeah, we've even have with Villa. We up even there left. And, we left out Villa and yeah. Spurs, who have been impressive again. They, like they really have. They were Villa. I would say quite lucky against Burnley. I did. I'm going to back my Burnley boys. I watched. I watched that game. They were good. Burnley, Sander Burr should be sent off. They sh- he shouldn't have been sent off. The penalty was also a bit dubious. A joke. But um, a joke. Spurs looking like they're back in the groove as well. Everton actually just just touch yeah. on them because they're they're on a couple of losses now. And a bad bad few loss. losses on the bounce now. Yeah, um, was, and with the Forest result, that put Forest in a great position. We will be looking much further down the league table in our next podcast on our half season review and our predictions for the following season and our January transfer window predictions. So until then, guys, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>